finances, investing, estate and retirement planning? Well, I went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances and College Student Finances. Finances and, in conjunction with my company, Capital Coaching, helps people achieve their financial goals through personal, tailored, and attentive financial coaching services. We create successful financial plans by examining your spending and saving habits and then guiding and educating you to personal success. Coaching services include evaluation of your spending plan or budget, building your savings, financing your retirement, examining your insurance needs, and planning for your individual goals. Please contact me at capitalcoaching.net to make an appointment for a free consultation. So college students, you're on your own. Yay. You're living away from home for the first time. You maybe got scholarships or your family and yourself or a combination of things help pay for this. Or maybe you've even graduated and you're on your own financially. Either way, it's an exciting and sometimes scary time. You're going to need a real understanding of how much money you have, when your bills are due, and where your money is going to come from. When I was in college, having a credit card was a luxury or at least a fairly new phenomenon for college students. New enough that understanding how much money to spend and how much only paying the minimum meant never reducing the debt, only the interest. That TV that I got after applying for my Sears credit card probably cost me one and a half times what the sale price was. Lesson learned. Sort of. I mean, I was 18. Credit cards are a danger if you're not keeping track of your spending. You can use a traditional checkbook register. I used to log my checks, my withdrawals, and my credit cards in there. But now I don't write checks really or use an ATM. You can log into your credit card app and see your balance and purchases. And of course, you can log them into a paper and pencil or an online spreadsheet. The critical thing here is being aware of how much you'll owe and paying that in full. If you're using a checking account, check out the fees and offerings of the bank and the credit unions. Don't just assume that since your parents use a bank or that credit union, that it'll be the best for your situation. They may not pay certain fees based on their account balance, and banks now charge for services that were once free. Compare fees for online banking, minimum balances, and overdraft protection as examples. Do you need a local bank, or can you use an online bank that reimburses other banks' ATM fees when used, like USAA? Knowing what you're spending your money on is crucial. It's easy to forget that you bought that whatever you bought yesterday online or even in person. I mean, do you recall what you had for lunch yesterday? Even if you only track a rounded dollar amount, that's beneficial. So for example, if you got lunch for $8.83, make a note of $9 and that way you can see where your spending is going and generally how much you're spending on things. This all leads to your credit score. If you're not responsible with your finances, just wait till you try and buy a car or a house and can't get a reasonable interest rate or a loan at all. That credit card that you got should have a low spending limit and consider using it very little at first. This will help establish your credit history, a good one if paid in full each month. Just be careful of low introductory interest rates that make you spend more by luring you into believing you'll pay a little in interest. Your goal should always be to pay off your credit card each month, no matter what the rate is. Because low interest rates may be fairly reasonable, but they can bounce up to 21% or more. That means that one-fifth of the balance is being charged against you. My example is a $100 balance will be charged $21 in interest, so your bill becomes $121 the next month. Then the month after, that balance is $146. And after three months, you're now going to owe $177 for that $100 balance. It's crazy. You can see how not paying causes your balance to grow quickly. But even if you're only paying the minimum, it means you're paying off that $21 a month and that $100 balance never gets smaller. 
Another thing to consider is insurance at this time. Don't try and skimp on any because you might need renter's insurance, health insurance, or car insurance. They could all be necessary if you rent or have a vehicle or you're not on your folks' plans for anything. If you're 26 or older, you're going to have to have your own health insurance. But if you're younger, you might be able to stay on their policy. You are just one fire or accident or hospitalization away from derailing all of your finances. One great way to keep spending down is to not buy new. Textbooks are available online as rentals, but if you need to hold a book like me, you can get them used. Just check that it's the correct edition that you're getting. As publishers and professors update the texts, the edition changes. Getting your class book edition number three when four is out might be okay with your professor and that particular book will cost you less. Keep an eye out for items that other college students are putting out at move out time or posting on a campus site. People in a hurry to leave will put out just about anything. You can also take advantage of items at thrift shops, Facebook Marketplace, and even FreeCycle for so many of your items. You can even consider reselling your items if you can upcycle them and make money when you leave. This is also a great time to be talking with your family and see what they might be willing to pay for. Make sure that all of you understand what you're each going to be responsible for. Maybe your people will cover tuition, housing, a meal plan, but not the Greek house you're pledging. Make sure that everyone knows what expenses are covered so that you can budget accordingly. Finding out that you have to make car payments now that they gave you a car can be devastating to a spending plan. Getting a job is a great way to make sure you have enough money or extra spending money right now. Off-campus restaurants or retail jobs are often willing to be very flexible with part-time positions. And saving is a lot easier when you can see money coming in on a regular basis. There are also on-campus work-study jobs, and they may not pay the most, but you can't beat working right there on campus. Be sure you're thinking about saving at this time, too, if possible, because even saving $100 a month at 18 years old for a half percent will get you $28,008 by age 40. And that includes the interest that's earned just by having that money in that savings account. Be on the lookout for friends who are always borrowing, whether they're things or money. They can really be a burden to your own budget. Don't get caught owing late fees or parking tickets that will deplete your savings for really no reason. Clip coupons for items you use and try out store brands to save money on food. Grocery stores like Aldi and Lidl are also great ways to save on basic foods. You can also look for free activities on campus. You've probably already paid an activity fee, so take advantage of these things as you see them posted. It doesn't matter which year in school you're in. It's never too late to apply for free money. Scholarships, grants, refunds, and tax breaks are all something you should be applying for and taking the time to look up what's required. Tax deductions and credits can include book fees, materials, computers, interest paid on loans, and of course, tuition. The IRS has a publication 970 that can provide you more information. You can't hear enough either that you have to be wary of online scams. Never give out your social security number unless you are certain of who you're giving it to and why. You do need to give your social security number to credit cards, cell phone plans, any loans, the Department of Motor Vehicles, employers, credit reporting agencies like Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. The Social Security will require it, car dealers, and really any financial institution that has to verify your identity due to the Patriot Act. There are many organizations that ask for it out of habit or, be careful, they want it because they use it to find you if you don't pay them. 
These would include things like hospitals, your college, health insurance, or anyone who contacts you by phone. Be vigilant. Identity theft will haunt you for the rest of your life. As I've said before, my district was held at ransom for the data that was stolen from them. They didn't pay it, and now my social security number is on the dark web. It is a constant problem. One of the best classes you could ever take in school would be a personal financial class. Learning about loans, mortgages, budgeting, which I like to call spending plan, and other kind of adulting topics will make you so far ahead of your peers. Just today, again, a person said to me, I wish I learned this in school. I feel so stupid not knowing. I assured them that most adults feel like they are because we have huge gaps in our financial knowledge. And this is because these types of classes weren't prominent on campuses and they are nowadays. It was more common when we went to school just to figure it out. It's also not uncommon to feel like you're too young to care about these financial topics as an 18, 19, 20, 21 year old. But I promise you, you do need to know and it will make you far more fiscally savvy. Isn't that really why you're still listening? Thanks for listening to Finances and College Student Finances. We know you chose to listen and we're grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow or subscribe for free in your podcast provider and share your favorite episode with a friend. Finally, consider leaving a review because it brings financial education to others and it helps people find us more easily. Please let us know what questions you'd like answered or what topics you'd like me to cover by going to the website at financesand.net and leaving a message. You can also contact Capital Coaching for your personal financial needs at capitalcoaching.net. Finances And does not provide tax or legal advice and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting, or a legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, I went to school so you don't have to.